Rabbi Robin Friar Bodzin reflects on joy. This sermon is called Simcha. It's not just something for other people. Enjoy. Collectively, we might say oi and nebach, and we might complain a lot, but joy is actually a significant emotion for Jews. And we've had a lot of it in this room just this week. There were two ofrufs, one wedding, and this morning we offered blessings to two little girls as we welcomed them into the covenant of the Jewish people. This room has been well used for joy this week. We read about the importance of joy throughout our literature. For example, in Psalm 100, we read in the second verse, Ivdu et Hashem b'simcha, lefanav birnana. Serve God with joy and come into God's presence with shouts of gladness. Rabbi Nachman of, Nachman of Bratzlav, he's famous for saying, Mitzvah gedola liot b'simcha tamid. It's a great mitzvah to be joyful always. And perhaps a little less famous, though, is this line that he said from Likute Moran, Alken sarich shihiyah b'simcha tamid, rak lev nishbar. One should therefore always be happy and only at the designated times have a broken heart. So we don't actually need perma smiles, according to Rabbi Nachman, and we don't need to fake it when everything hurts. There is a time not for joy. But most of the time, there should be joy. And we have much earlier sources on happiness, including one which I quote often from Pirkei Avot, which is Ezehu Hashir, Hasameach Bechelko, who is the rich one, the one who is happy with his lot. And if we rewind even more, then we'll get to this week's parasha, Re'eh, where Rabbi Jonathan Sachs pointed out that the word joy is mentioned seven times. In Devarim 12, verse 12, The Levi's last, my friend uh, pointed out to me just before, And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, your sons and your daughters and your servants and the Levites from your town. Five verses later, we read, Usmachtem bechol mishlach yetchem. You should rejoice in everything you've put your hand to. The next verse, we read, Visamachta lifnei Hashem Elohecha bechol mishlach yadecha. This is regarding sacred foods that can only be eaten in Jerusalem. You are to rejoice before the Lord your God in everything you put your hand to. In chapter 14, we read, Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. A few more, chapter 16, verse 11, regarding Shavuot. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God. Regarding Sukkot, in verse, chapter 16, verse 14, it says, Visamachta vichagecha. Who thinks they know what it says in the next verse? 
I hear some of you singing it. That's right. So, you should be joyful and happy in your holidays is one verse. The next verse is, you should be so happy. So, I thought that the word simcha, joy, happiness, rejoice, was mentioned seven times because seven is one of our magic numbers. The seventh day is Shabbat today, right? We have our seven blessings and our seven circles at a wedding. Sukkot and Pesach, not outside of Israel, are how many day holidays? Seven. Nope. I was wrong. I mean, I could make it up, but that's not the reason joy is mentioned seven times. I mean, maybe. But I, sticking with Rabbi Sachs, he offered a stunning commentary on why it was that at this point, 12 verses into the book of Devarim, in his recap, he focused so much on joy. And this is what he said. Perhaps it is as if, standing on a mountaintop, Moshe sees the whole course of Jewish history unfold below him. And from that dizzying altitude, he brings back a message to the people gathered around him the next generation, the children of those he led out of Egypt. And what he tells them is unexpected, counterintuitive. In effect, he says this, you know what your parents suffered. You have heard about their slavery in Egypt. You yourselves have known what it is to wander in the wilderness without a home or shelter or security. You may think those were the greatest trials, but you are wrong. You are about to face a harder trial. The real test is security and contentment. Being happy with what you have is the real test. Finding or feeling joy is not easy for everybody. We all know people who look for every single what if ahead of a new experience or a new adventure. We know people who are perpetually down in the dumps and they're kind of hard to be with, especially if you're a little bit more optimistic. Rabbi Sachs's wisdom on this subject really inspired me. He also said that joy is the ability to celebrate life as such, knowing that whatever tomorrow may bring, we are here today under God's heaven in the universe God made to which God has invited us as guests. It's as if he said to be joyful for today. We are alive today. We're all here today. Be happy that we have this present and celebrate today because we so often look backward and forward that this becomes hard to do. Now I want us to move away from Rabbi Sachs and introduce you to Dr. Lori Santos. She is a professor of psychology and she's the head of Silliman College at Yale University. She has a wonderful podcast that's called The Happiness Lab. 
And her words often accompany me as I walk through the streets of Forest Hill and Cedarvale, and they've been with me for these last two years. In the spring of 2021, Dr. Santos sat down with Sarah Hurwitz, the former speechwriter for Michelle Obama, the author of Here All Along, Finding Meaning, Spirituality, and a Deep Connection to Life in Judaism. If you listen to podcasts, take the 30 minutes to listen to this one, because there's so much in it, and maybe listen to it two times or three times like I did, because there are so many nuggets. Now, in this particular episode, Dr. Santos reminds us that counting our blessings and expressing thanks to others improves our resilience, strengthens our social bonds, and makes us more willing to take positive steps to improve our happiness, or our joy, or our simcha. Now, I've been studying positive psychology and happiness for the better part of a decade. I love this stuff, especially the science and the data behind it. It's not fluff. Dr. Santos articulates a well-known challenge to moderns like us, which is that gratitude doesn't always come naturally to us, especially when we're feeling down or we're busy or we're just facing the sorts of challenges that life tends to throw our way. And I get it because I'm coming off a few weeks when each day something new has thrown me off or pushed me down. And it's hard to find gratitude in those moments. So in this episode, Sarah Hurwitz shares with Dr. Santos that Judaism, as we know, has a rich blessings practice, including prayers or blessings of thankfulness at so many different points in the day. They do spend a while discussing Asher Yatsar, which is better known as the I just went to the bathroom blessing, but I don't want to get into that one right now. What I do want to discuss is another prayer practice that we have, and that is the practice of saying Moda Ani each morning when we wake up. Just a little bit earlier, Aviva said to me, are we starting with Matavu or are we going to start with Moda Ani? I said, no, today let's do Moda Ani. And it was great to hear Hurwitz speak in the original Hebrew in the podcast, because Moda Ani, or Moda Ani, depending on gender, is a prayer where we just thank God for restoring our lives back to us. That's all it is. You know, a long, long time ago before us, people associated sleep with death. And they were worried that they actually might not wake up in the morning. So the idea behind Modani is that you wake up in the morning and OMG, you're alive. <laughs> and it becomes a moment of thankfulness. It's akin to, oh, grateful that I'm alive. And Hurwitz pointed out something I never noticed before. We say Mode before we say Ani. We acknowledge the gratitude before the self. The first thing we do is gratitude. Our ancestors were pretty savvy that way. So this morning, Aviva led us and we all sang together in Hallel. In a few moments, we're going to have an alternative uh, Amidah. We had an alternate Maftir. We added Ya'alev It's August. 
and it is Rosh Chodesh Elul. It is one month until we'll be back here again for Rosh Hashanah. One month. A lot of people do different things in the month of Elul to prepare their insides for Rosh Hashanah. Maybe you subscribe to Jewels of Elul, or maybe you read a different passage from the Machsor each day. Maybe you make lists of people you need to apologize to. There's a lot of options of how to enter this month. But I want to offer this morning an Elul challenge to all of you. And that challenge, some of you might do it already, and if you do, you're ahead of the game, is to recite Moda Ani every single morning until Rosh Hashanah. It's found within the first few pages of every Siddur. It's page one of the weekday Sim Shalom. In this blue one, it's on page 61, and that's only because this Siddur starts with Friday night. But hopefully, by engaging in this practice every morning for a month, it will lead to a change inside of you. It could lead to increased happiness. And that is a good thing to hold on to as we enter the high holy day season. Now, prayer is considered a practice for a reason. Reciting Moda'ani daily might not do anything for you at first. It might take time. But watch what it does for you. Feel the sensations in your body in about the third week. There'll be an impact. And so my blessing for you this Shabbat Rosh Chodesh Elul morning is to remember that joy and happiness, or in Yiddish, simcha, it's not something for other people. Magia lanu. We are all deserving of happiness. Mitzvah gedola liyot besimcha. It's a great mitzvah to be joyful, tamid, all the time. Unless it's a time when we shouldn't be. But count your blessings and be grateful to be alive today. And again, do it tomorrow morning. Thank God for waking up. Chodesh Tov. Get your Yantiv shopping lists in order. Start cooking and freezing your soup. And Shabbat Shalom.